Hello, San Diego First Church. This is Pastor D. Kelly, and it is a joy to be with you. If this is your first time joining in the podcast, or if you've been following along for a long time, um, it's great to have this conversation. This particular day is a little bit different than previous days, and it is, at least for today, less of a conversation, more of a monologue. Our uh, Pastor Matt Wilson is away on sabbatical. And um, I have with me here our wonderful sound engineer and uh, uh, worker in all areas, utility player, um, Tyler Ellison, who is helping put this together so that I'm not talking to a wall. Um, But he's not going to join us this particular day in the conversation. So I'm hoping you will converse with me in the course of what we are trying to accomplish. This particular podcast is our Connecting Points podcast. And what we try and do is take the text and message that was given on Sunday morning and connect it to one of the other lectionary readings, the four readings that we have every week. And the connecting point um, this particular week is trying to connect our passage that we had in 1 Peter, uh, both chapters 4 and 5, excerpts from both of those chapters, with a passage that actually was referenced Sunday morning, but we didn't read it or go into depth with it. So I'm going to take um, a moment now to read through this passage as we typically do on this podcast and let it be the connecting point to where we were on Sunday. This is Jesus's high priestly prayer. Um, That's how it's often referenced. And it comes on the heels of three full chapters of Jesus giving instructions to the followers, to the disciples, answering their questions, engaging them in a variety of ways. And then we move into a prayer that begins with Jesus praying for himself and then praying for the disciples. We're not reading all of the prayer, just the opening section. So once again, this is John chapter 17, verses 1 through 11. This particular day, I'm reading out of the NIV. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, 
but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, when you try and make connection between this and 1 Peter chapter 4 and 5, there are a few things that um, jump off the page to me. A couple of them I made brief reference to on Sunday morning. And, and one of those is that in the high priestly prayer at the beginning, Jesus makes some comments um, that tell us at the beginning that he had this strong identity of being one with the Father. He knew who he was. And it seems to me that out of knowing who he was and is, out of that came the power to pray for the disciples, to follow in obedience, to move forward into the direction where this chapter is obviously headed, and that is Jesus's death, crucifixion, and resurrection. And it makes me think how important identity is when we hit the suffering, turbulent times that you find in 1 Peter. Over and over again, Peter talks about the suffering, the turbulence, the struggles, the difficulties that the people are having, the people to whom he is writing. And he seems again and again to assure them that the good news is for them, that they are a chosen group of people, that they are children of their creator, that they belong to God. It is as if Peter is appealing to them to be reminded of their identity in Christ, because identity not only forms us, but it is the foundation of from which we move into the world and address the issues that we face. And struggles over and over again cause us to question our identity. We wonder if we're doing something wrong. We wonder if we know how to do anything right. We, we often find ourselves listening to those who are oppressive toward us, their viewpoints of us, and we begin to trade our inheritance for someone else's claim of our identity. It's almost like the Old Testament story of Jacob and Esau, where Esau was willing to trade away his birthright for what he needed in the moment. And sometimes it feels like we so much need people's approval that somehow in their approval we find our identity instead of recognizing that our birthright is that we are children of our Creator, created in God's image. And God's image is our identity. So I love that Jesus begins the prayer with this affirmation of who he is, with a sense of gratitude, thanksgiving, but also just acknowledging almost with authority that this is who I am. And so... To a group of people to whom Peter is writing who are suffering and struggling, to hear from one of their church leaders call out their identity in Christ seems to me that's incredibly important. The other thing that I, I think about 
as Jesus prays for his disciples following this prayer for himself ties into the metaphor that I used um, Sunday morning. For those of you who are there or maybe listened to the sermon online, I used a metaphor of um, being on a plane in flight. I used it as reference to um, how we prepare for takeoff, uh, the turbulence that comes, our uncertainty of being supported by anything when we're in the sky experience turbulence. But it reminds me of another aspect of the ways in which the stewards and stewardesses um, prepare us for flight. And if you've been on a flight recently, you've probably listened, as they have said, if there's a sudden decrease in cabin pressure, um, oxygen masks will drop from above you and you need to put it on and strap it behind and um, rest assured that if it doesn't inflate, oxygen is flowing. But then comes the big caution. And that is that if you're traveling with young ones or others who can't help themselves, that you first put the oxygen mask on yourself and then help someone else. That is a wonderful metaphor that I've heard numerous times used in terms of giving attention to your own health and wholeness. You should always be aware of how important it is to care for yourself before you try to use your strength to care for somebody else. Make sure that you are adequately supplied, adequately prepared, adequately healthy before you try and pour out yourself on behalf of someone else. It seems like that is so important to the airlines that it's one of only two things that I have seen stewardesses go down the aisle and stop near where they see children and parents and emphasize it a second time to those who are seated there. I would say that in some ways we could take that as a, um, a similar thing to what happens in John 17. Jesus prays for himself first, not in a selfish way, not in an arrogant way. He is simply acknowledging that affirming his identity needs to take place first so that out of that strength, that breath of God that fills him, out of that strength, he is then able to pray for the disciples and I feel like in 1 Peter, the same thing is taking place. Peter is saying, pay attention to your needs. You need to pay attention to the things that hold you steady in the midst of suffering, in the midst of struggle. Let me remind you, God has not left you. God has not forsaken you. You have a future. The whole story of death, crucifixion, death, burial, and then resurrection in due time in due time, God will supply and glorify you, is the promise we have in Peter. But it is giving attention to our own health and wholeness. And so for me, those are some of the connecting points associated with these two uh, particular chapters. I encourage you to look at both of them. What jumps off the page to you? Is there anything that comes to mind where you see a correlation between what the disciple John writes in the gospel and what the disciple Peter writes at different times to a different audience, but about the same truth. And what might the message be for you today? I hope you find strength. I hope you find your identity. 
I hope you find um, a wisdom that comes with recognizing who you are and whose you are. Thanks. It's been great to be with you this day. I hope you have a marvelous week.